Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. I watched the movie The Mirror Has Two Faces recently. Barbara Streisand produced, directed, and starred in the movie about this Columbia professor who gives up on ever getting married. She dresses in oversized clothing to hide her weight. She just loves baseball and lives with her former movie star mother, and her students love her for her oratory skills. And then Jeff Bridges plays opposite, and he's a guy who loses his wits whenever he's in a relationship with a beautiful woman. And he's frustrated and demoralized when his ex-girlfriend shows up at his book release. And he has this full-blown panic attack. So he swears off sexually attractive women forever after going home with her that night, only to find out that she was looking for an ego hit because the guy she left him for was cheating on her. So Jeff Bridges' character takes out an ad in the single section. This movie came out in 1996, so no Tinder or dating apps yet. And he writes that he wants to find a woman for companionship. She must have a PhD. He's also a professor at Columbia. And then he stresses in the personal ad that physical appearance is not important. Oh, Barbara Streisand has a sister in this movie. Bear with me, I am really going to get to the point in this movie recap. <laughs> the sister is very vain and very beautiful, as the mother is. And the sister answers the ad for Barbara Streisand's character. And then Jeff Bridges and Barbara Streisand begin dating. And they indeed do have so much in common. And there's a mutual respect and deep conversations. But Jeff Bridges' character does not want to ever touch Barbara Streisand. And she's a bit confused. He eventually shares his theory that sex in a relationship convolutes and distorts everything to the point of destruction. This theory that he wants to live out for the rest of his life is that not only is sex superfluous, but sexual attraction ruins the union. He wants to have companionship only, no sex. He asks Streisand's character to marry him, understanding this theory is part of this marriage agreement. Her character agrees, thinking that this is better than the nothing she had before meeting the handsome, brilliant professor. Well, we watch them fall in love, and we watch them fall in love without physical touch. He's really amused by her quirky dinner plate routine, and she finds him to be incredibly respectful and endearing with his sweet voice and nerdy ways. And they are better for knowing one another. 
but she begins to want more and eventually asks him for sex. He gets really upset with her and implores her to stick with the original agreement. Don't they get along so well, he asks her. Didn't she know that he was offering from the beginning this relationship without the physical aspect? And he sort of shouts at her in frustration, I took every precaution to make sure this didn't happen, meaning to avoid being attracted to her. He chose her because she was frumpy and not conventionally good looking and she is crushed. For me, the most painful scene was after he rejected her physically and asks her, did you think I would change my mind? And she is crying and she nods her head almost imperceptibly. Yes, it's powerful in its subtlety, and it's the moment she realized that she does not, in fact, want to settle, that she's incapable of settling, and she leaves him. Yada, 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 he realizes he loves her, he's willing to try the marriage with sex, they dance in the street, there's this big discovery, blah, blah, blah. It's a really great end of the movie, but it is the moment of that slight nod that intrigues me. It's that moment that I want to talk about in this podcast episode. When are we aware that we are settling When do we decide that what we are willing to have is less than satisfying, but better than starving? Is the moment a sudden realization or a jolt? Is it the slowly heating water that just turns to a boil? Or do we consciously choose the settling along the way? Is it something that we discover that we've been doing after some time, like when makeup wears off of a bruise? I know that I find answers in my body. I know that she speaks to me. I pay attention. I know how the kind of love that shows up like peace and home feels in my body. I know that my body feels relaxed and awake at the same time. I know that I feel drawn to a healthy love's body in a way that is part magic and part belief in that magic. Like how I imagine that the magic of Harry Potter's platform nine and three quarters entry must be. If you're unsure and doubtful, you hit a solid wall. If you're loose and sure, you float through it like a whoosh. I know that my connection to my body is a powerful tool. And if I ignore that tool, she gets louder. If I'm settling, if I'm ignoring something, my skin tone is off. Someone else might not notice it, but I do. It's flat. It's almost like my skin is holding her breath. I know that headaches become stomach ache and stomach aches become stomach cramps. This usually happens when issues in a relationship go unspoken or when things in a relationship are at an impasse. When skilled and practiced communication are achieved and yet there is still this nagging doubt. What do you do when you love someone? What do you do when you want the best for them and when you want it to work but there is something so not right and you know you're denying it? Something that you know you won't be able to live without but you're kicking the can down the road. Sometimes it's simply the repeated behavior crossing over your final straw barrier. Sometimes it's a song that is singing you back to yourself. Some people will pick a fight or cheat to get the other person to do the breaking off so they don't have to decide if they're settling or not. Some people will let fate make the decision by getting pregnant or becoming financially dependent on the other person so that staying seems to be the only answer. This is the unconscious way. But there is a conscious way to decide. There is a question urging us back to or away from a relationship. 
How do we know whether it's fear or clarity that is moving us? How do we know whether to double down and go all in, give it breath to see if it breathes? Or how do we know when it's not a rough patch, but that it's truly settling? Ask yourself a few of the following. Is there something blocking you from the full potential of this relationship? Meaning, is there something within yourself that is limiting you from giving and receiving love fully? Is it possible to release this? For example, in a past relationship of mine, I realized my behavior spun a partner into anxious mode because I was putting up these shields around needing him. This was a core childhood wound of mine and we worked through it together and I became less guarded and he became less anxious. We both felt and saw something worth working together on that didn't ask us to change what we were unwilling to change. We didn't change our core selves. I just shed an old pattern that was blocking love. But what happens when one partner wants something that's completely different than the other? Like if one partner wants to live together and the other does not, there's not really any working toward a resolution in this situation. It seems pretty black and white. Only one of them can get what they want. In a situation like this, there are fundamental lifestyle differences and one will be settling for less than what their heart truly desires. But it might be resolved by both asking themselves, how important is it that they do or do not live together? Or does one think that this is just the next natural step, and then they assign a meaning to not taking this step? But could they not progress in love and commitment without moving in together? Is this their own true desire, or is it like something that just cultural conditioning tells them they want? When some Someone asks me what I'm looking for. I answer that I'm not looking for a person to fill a role in a play whose script is already written, but rather I'm willing to see what role the person will play in my life and to let the script write itself. This may sound like not knowing what I want, but it's really not. And the way I know this is because I feel an openness and a curiosity when I meet fun and interesting people. Having an openness combined with strong boundaries is how to make dating fun. You must know that you will be fine no matter what happens. You'll want it to work out, but as soon as something happens that shines the light on something unsuitable in the match, you won't ignore it. You'll recognize it as having to settle. If something is about core values, philosophical differences, a temperament, or sexual chemistry, these are very, very difficult to maneuver around. If someone is fundamentally sweet and respectful, but is a very negative person, this means settling. If someone is an angry person, but otherwise great, this is settling. If someone is perfect on paper, but you feel like a cold fish when they kiss you, this is settling. I'm sorry, but these are the types of things that we try to make work, but will not. There is someone for that negative person, but it's not the lighthearted, positive firecracker person. There is someone Someone for the once a month sexual partner, but it's not the luscious lover with lots of sexual desire. Religion, parenting, diet, fitness, and energy levels can be difficult to find compromise, but are very doable when two conscious partners with good communication skills try to make it work. Know whether it's a you thing or a them thing. If you have it in your power to remove a block within yourself and make a relationship soar, it's worth it. 
If you have to change who you are or abandon yourself to keep the relationship, then it's not worth it. It's settling for an inauthentic relationship. If you have a little voice in your head telling you that it's not right, spend some time with that voice. Sit in stillness with the voice and give it the conch. Ask it, what are you afraid of? What are your concerns? What do you need to know right now to feel good about this person? And then ask yourself if you're willing to do the thing. Sometimes it's a thing that you've been waiting to change and this is the perfect opportunity to be softer or bolder or more sexual. And sometimes the answer is a violation of self, to put aside personal dreams, to make your voice or yourself smaller. And these feel differently in your body. Fearful but hopeful feels different than settling and diminishing. The more you practice this, connecting to feelings and your little voice, the more it becomes your big voice and your knowing and it becomes your confidence. With this confidence, anytime something feels off, you have the skills to investigate. Is this me? What is my body telling me? Is this temporary? Is it a core value? Is it settling or simply a storm? We are not here to settle in love. Barbara Streisand realized that settling felt like a fatal blow to her self-respect and that lack of self-respect is simply not tenable. It will end up destroying you and the relationship. One of the saddest songs I know is the Dixie Chick song, Top of the World. The song is one big lyrical dump of heartbreak over wasted love, of settling. They sing in here, I think I broke the wings off the little songbird. She's never gonna fly to the top of the world right now. Do not break your wings off. They are so hard to grow back and you need them to fly. I want you to fly. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me. Now.